The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, welcome back, boys from Notebook Wagering. We are ready to roll on another college football conference. If you missed our show last week, we dove into the Big Ten and we probably irritated a lot of Penn State fans. But we're back here to try to see what we can do with the ACC this week. I am Smitty. Sitting across from me is J-Cam. J-Cam, how are you tonight? I am good. We're back to the, the Breakfast Brunch Club here talking college football. We have... We have lost Maddie to the the uh, charms of Florida, and Q clearly was eaten by wolves at some point last week, and we don't know when we'll get him back. I think no, I think Q's at the beach too. I think both guys are at the beach this week. Well, I hope they're reading up on the other conferences so we can uh, get a, a week <laughs> off too. But we'll do the work because we love we love our notebook fans. There we go, man. Let's get into it and again. Dive into it, people. Send us what you thought of the Big Ten. If you have not checked out that Big Ten show, man, check it out, man. We really dove into it really well. We're going to hit on every team's. Not all shows dive on every team's. We try to give a little bit of love for even those basement dwellers. We're going to go into it tonight. We're going to start in the Atlantic. So, everybody, if you're an ACC fan and you're really into the Atlantic uh, side of it, if your team's there, let's go into it. We're going to start with... I'm going to go, and Jason, you know, I'm going to throw teams out, Jason, and if you disagree, you know, we can kind of switch them up here, but I'm just going to go in some kind of order here that I'm seeing. We're going to go, we're going to go way up north here, a little bit above us here, and we're going to go into the orange Syracuse, and let's dive into what you think. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time, but we are going to hit on them a little bit, but Syracuse coming back. Let's see what we have with them. Win total is, in my book, Jason, four and a half. 17 starters are back. Nine on offense, eight on defense. What's your overall thoughts on the orange? It is a lot of starters back, but sometimes that's not good. <laughs> that's what my thing is on that. Uh, I, I think this is something we talked off air. I think this is actually something we have a consensus on. I really like the under here. We're not going to talk a lot about this team, but um, – they changed all their schemes. I, I thought they found an identity last year that like, you know, they when Babers came in, they wanted to run the Baylor stuff with the air raid and spread you out and throw the ball over the place. And they realized they couldn't recruit to that in upstate New York. Last year, they were basically shotgun army as uh, Stucky from Action Network place referred to them where they ran the ball a ton. Trader, the quarterback, fit that system really well. They just kind of had to recruit to it and kind of build around it. Defense was stingy at times. Um, and now they're changing all that. They're going to the West Coast offense. They really don't have the pieces that fit. And you're asking really good run blocking offensive linemen to now pass block. That's just a recipe for disaster. Uh, the non-conference schedule is not easy. Uh, I, you know, I think this is a really easy. Was it under four and a half? I, I can't get over that the line is up that high. But uh, yeah, take my me, book. Uh, my book is four and a half. Minus one fifteen. Minus one fifteen. I mean, yeah, I, it's. I love this. I mean, continue, and I'll that's dive it. in here that's, in a second. That's what our advice there with the Syracuse is. Uh, it's going to be a rough year, and uh, minus 105 on the minus under four and a half. Uh, we like that a lot. 
get ready for basketball season, more or less what you're saying. Absolutely. That's what we're going to do here with Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, Dino came in three straight consecutive years of losing quarterbacks, a dual threat kind of guy struggled a little bit late. Great running back. Tucker is a very good back off a thousand yards. You know, they want to run the ball here. Offensive line didn't give up a lot of sacks last year because they run the ball so much here. Got four guys coming back. The problem is, is defense. We just talked a little bit off air before we came on here. The defense, Jason, how they're small up front. What we're reading, yeah, yeah. what we're yeah. hearing. Depending on what I ate for lunch, I think I weigh as much as these two defensive linemen, and I'm not that big of a guy. So uh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is – they're in trouble. Their favorite – I'm going off some of these favorites from uh, from Beeson, from the magazine that just came out today. Check it out. It's fantastic. I, I love getting it every year. Great information. So I looked off the numbers there. They're favored in three games. You know, the big one, if you're going to – what you're looking here is that first game against Louisville. Where are you going to go? Connecticut, man, what a game that might be. Man, that's one of those that you have to really sit on the couch all afternoon and get ready for it. Favorite in three, four and a half. I'm sorry. I don't see it. I'm with Jason. There's no way this team, I think, is going to get over four and a half wins. If you can get that four and a half, I would take the under on that. And we're going to move on because that's our overall thought on Syracuse. Next team we're going to dive into. I think this is an intriguing team. The Louisville Cardinals. 14 starters coming back. Seven on offense, seven on defense. I have what I wrote down, Jason, and we might bounce. You know, the good thing is you should check around and look for the best number that you can get from different books if you have different books. I have in my one is six and a half wins. What's your overall thought on this, the Cardinals this year, Jason? Well, the first thought is that I can't believe Scott Satterfield is still here because it seems like they've been trying to run him off for years now, um, but he's still there. Um, the quarterback is excellent. When you watched him play last year, it kind of seemed like that uh, that high school team that got into the playoffs too far, basically just riding one guy that, who did everything. Um, and that's kind of how their offense works. When they can run the football, they're good. And then Cunningham can actually make passes downfield, you know, against run heavy fronts. Um, the defense is going to be questionable. Um, they're kind of relying on transfers to fill in the gaps. They've been undersized the whole time Satterfield's been there. Um, they really haven't been able to bulk up enough to kind of hang against good running teams. Yeah, I, you know, that number, I think would you say six and a half seems about right. The non-conference is not friendly. Uh, they go to Central Florida, they go to Kentucky. Like I said, I think the number is right about right. I think they're middle of the pack in the Atlantic, and uh, they'll probably have a game that Cunningham steals, and they'll probably lose when they shouldn't. So. Yeah, looking at the schedule, I agree with you. You know, that first game, again, they have they go to Syracuse. That's a big one for them. I mean, you can't lay an egg there. That's a team that you got to beat. I think the second week going to UCF could be tricky. Then you got Florida State, and we'll we'll dive into Florida State here in a little bit. But I mean, that's that's a must-win game too. Six and a half, great quarterback, you know, throwing eh, at times, but a great athlete. Guy can make a lot happen here. I mean, it seems like he's been there for a long time too. You know, you got you got running back, not a bad, you know, diving into a deep room a little bit. You got a transfer from Tennessee, Evans coming in. They did lose some guys at wide receiver that's been there in the transfer 
portal, but they brought some guys in also. Offensive line, they lost one of their best ones high in the draft last year, but they they return a lot. This could be a very good offensive line team here this year for the Cardinals here. The problem with them is their defense. And this is we're going to hear this a lot tonight on the show. A lot of these teams have issues on defense. Not a bad offense. They can't stop anybody. They gave, you know, they gave up about 400 yards, close to about 30 points last year. Defense line's the biggest question. From the Visa Magazine, they're favored in seven games. Well, win total six and a half there. Close. There's some that are really, really close. This is a tricky team. A lot of, you know, reading into some people's thoughts on this team, they kind of like this team to maybe produce. It's a big year. Like Jason said, the head coach seems like they want to run him out. This is a big year. They better produce this year. Awesome. This is a tricky one. I have them right around six and six, seven and five. I mean, it's tight. It's tight. I, they were really I good swear. in league last year. Like they, if you look at the numbers for the games, they were much better in league than they were outside of league, where they got really thumped by Ole Miss and they got really thumped by Kentucky, which kind of was like bookend beatings, which is why I didn't think they were a very good football team. But if you look inside their conference games, they were pretty feisty and they battled some COVID issues along the way. So. I think that's what people like about them. If you're taking the over, I don't see it. I think they're kind of they have too many question marks. I think if their defense can improve a little bit, I think they have enough on offense. I think they could get to seven wins. It's the big thing is the defense. It's a tricky one. I would probably take the over on this. I don't think I'm going to play it. I, I, I always try to do a couple in each conference. This one's close. A lot of people like this team. Keep an eye on this team. This was a team last year, Jason. We're just going to keep moving on here. That I was high on last year, and it was looking fantastic. And then you got some injury. The quarterback went out. That was a killer. The wide receiver was banged up a little bit, and it kind of just stopped the process there, and I a big loser for me on this. Let's go into BC. You got Boston College. 14 starters coming back, six on offense, eight on defense. They're favored only in five games from the VSIN, and they're again about a six and a half win total. What's your overall thoughts on BC? So I, I like the quarterback. I think the offense will be good. Depends on the offensive line, but the skill talent is actually pretty good. Um, so if you have the quarterback, if you can block just enough, keep him healthy, which was an issue last year. He was basically hurt from uh, early on and kind of came back a little too early, didn't play well. Um, they can keep him healthy. They can score some points, which will protect that defense. It's a little smallish of a defense. The back seven is not bad. Uh, you know, Halfley made his uh, name at Ohio State as defensive backs coach, kind of recruited all those good secondaries they had in Ohio State. So I think it's going to be a feisty team. I think if they can score enough, they can kind of be a little bit of a surprise. I don't know if it's enough to win that league, but they can at least be in the mix maybe more than they should be. Um, and I really think that's what's going to be it. It's really going to rely on Jerkovic and how well he plays this year. A little bit of a new offensive coordinator, supposedly adding some new wrinkles, kind of a similar pro style, but maybe take advantage of his legs a little bit and uh, open up the running game with a little more, some option looks and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's more, you look at the non-conference schedule, three easy wins, Rutgers, Maine, and UConn. They've got Notre Dame, as they always do. Um, and then at home, a little more of a trouble. They've got Clemson at home. they got Louisville at home. Then Syracuse and Duke as well. So those are some wins. So, yeah, I, I think there's some wins here. So I kind of like the over just because I think the schedule soft enough. But um, – I don't, know, I don't know if they have aspirations to win this side, but they can be kind of in the mix, I think, for a while until they kind of get eliminated. 
Yeah, I love the quarterback. I was high on him last year. You know, came in. I think he started at Notre Dame, and then he transferred in here. Uh, Pine Richland kid went up there and went to BC and played really well, got injured. Zay Flowers, again, great wide receiver. A lot of people were trying to, you know, he came out and was trying to get um, – wanted to stay there. A lot of teams were, you know, a lot of schools were offering him maybe some money to kind of transfer out and go to a different place. And he really wanted to finish up here at Boston college really like this team. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to go back to them this year and be an official play. I hope they play well. Like you said, they open up Rutgers at home. I like it. Week two is the big one night game at Virginia tech, Virginia tech, you know, we'll dive into them in a little bit. That could be one they could steal. I, I would not be shocked if they go into Virginia Tech and beat Virginia Tech. Uh, Maine, again, game three. Florida State then, that's another tricky one. Could they steal that one? Six and a half. I have them going seven and five. I kind of like the over with this team. I don't know if it will be an official play, but overall, I like the direction. I like a good quarterback. I think this kid's a really good athletic quarterback can make things happen and i love the wide receiver so that is overall the thoughts on bc let's go into florida state man this is a big year this is just my opinion on florida state norvell man he has to produce this year i think and i think he has this team going in the right direction here but the problem is you're living still in the 90s with florida state with the fan base and then you're down at, you know, in Florida, you got Miami, you got it, you know, we'll dive into Miami in a little bit, but with their head coach, Florida's, you know, F- Florida big hire and some aspects with that. Is this a team that could surprise some people here overall? They're favored in seven games off the VSIN thing. I kind of don't, their schedules not horrible here. What do you think, Jason, with Florida State here? Is this the year that they're going to – 16 starters back. Eight on offense, eight on defense here. Not a bad, you know, team coming back. They did improve in some aspects, which we'll hit on here in a second. What's your overall thoughts on Florida State? I think the biggest thing they improved last year was the defense. And it's a little tricky, though, with uh, some of these teams with ACC because a lot of them improved on defense last year. So you have to question whether – it was defenses improving or just really bad offenses outside of a handful of teams. I don't know. I don't, they don't really have a quarterback. You know, they tried, they brought the kid in from um, UCF who got his knee injured. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Uh, Mackenzie Milton. And, you know, he kind of relieved Travis early. They played that really emotional game against Notre Dame to start the year where it kind of looked like they were, had to fix some things and address some things that had uh, played the program and kind of fell back to the, where they were during the rest of the year. I don't know. I just, they don't really have a dynamic quarterback. I don't think I really don't like the kid uh, that they have. I think he's a good player, but he's not enough to kind of lift them up. The defense is okay. I mean, they're still pretty talented from a recruiting perspective. They were 18th uh, recruiting class coming in. So Norville's got that kind of still on track. I agree. I think he's got things going in the right direction. I don't know how much time he has. He should have more. First couple of years he was there really disrupted between, you know, um, short seasons and COVID pauses and everything else with Florida. Uh, state so I think they should just let him go I think he'll get at least the talent base back up to where maybe they can go transition away from him in a couple of seasons kind of make him a sacrificial lamb they're already paying like three coaches right now 
So why add another <laughs> while he's building up the talent base and kind of getting things right? You know he's on the hot seat because he's going to be the guy calling plays in Tallahassee this year. So I, I think that's basically Joe. He's going to put his fate in his own hands. Now, the one thing I, I'm curious, and I don't understand it, the schedule is really tough. They've got Florida in the non-conference. They've got LSU in the non-conference. They're going to go play the Raging Cajuns, too, who won't be easy, even though they've their coaches moved on to Florida. Um, and the home games are Wake and Clemson, so those aren't easy. And then they travel on the road. They go to Miami, Louisville, NC State, and they get a little cupcake and cues. So that's not, it's not an easy schedule for a guy trying to get the program right-sized. Um, like I said, it, him calling his own plays shows you that he feels like he's on the hot seat. And I really think they should have pushed the LSU game back a few years. I think Kelly would have been up for that as well. It's a both kind of fixing this program. And uh, I don't understand how you have homecoming against Wake early in the season uh, before a road trip to NC State. I think you're trying to embarrass the guy. So I think this is a program that's probably trying to make a change as well, similar to Louisville. So I think it's another like six, seven win season. I think we're going to have a lot of those, unfortunately. Like it's really easy to set lines for these teams because you see some tough home games. You see some tough road games. Everyone's kind of in the mix. We were talking off air. Like, you know, you look at the yardage totals for most of these games, and there's very little difference outside of the few top teams. And Florida State's right in that mix of those teams where you see talent, but you don't really see anything where they're kind of growing or anything. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I was surprised when I looked at my book and saw the minus 145 with the over. I think this guy is doing an okay job. But the problem is, again, with a lot of these programs are they want results fast. And it's like I said earlier, this is a team that was very dominant and they want that back. Well, I don't think it's going to happen this year myself. You know, they played Duquesne to start. That's like one of those games that you play PlayStation and you just take over a program and like you schedule that game just to like put 90 points on somebody. That's kind of a weird game. And LSU, like you like I used to be Florida State, I'd play like Penn or somebody like Dartmouth and like like college, you know, PlayStation game. LSU, then you know, I think a couple games. I'm gonna throw two really quick here before I dive into this. September 16th, they're at Louisville. Then they go next, and then the 24th, they're at home, but it's BC. I, could BC steal that? Yeah, I think they could. Then you got Wake, like you said then NC state, then Clemson. I mean, Georgia, I mean, it's tough. I, I, you know, and Jordan Travis, the quarterback seems like you're not high on him. He's all right. It's it. He's all right. Yeah. You know, running back, you brought in a transfer from Oregon Benson Ward was there about 500 yards last year. Pittman, I think you brought, got some transfers in some different wide receivers coming in. Uh, I think Pittman's from Oregon also offensive lines improving a little bit, you know, the defense improved from like, you know, they, for two years ago, I think they were giving up about 36 points, went back down to about high 28s last year. I, I, again, I think this team, he has something going here, but like Jason said, is this a program that wants this guy? I don't know. I have him on the under, I have him five and seven. I take the under with Florida State. Like I said, from the Veasan Magazine, they're favored in seven. It's some close ones. I don't see it. I see five wins. I would take the under with Florida State. I don't think they get there. All right, moving on. Wake Forest. Let's go to defending champs last year on this side. 
Right. I think, you know, these next three teams, I think, are – I can't wait to dive into these next three teams. I think these are fun teams. Wake Forest, defending champs out of the Atlantic. I love the – Dave Clawson, I think, is a fantastic coach. I think, you know, again, Wake – when you think of Wake, you really don't think of football that much, and I think he's done a fantastic job there. Great quarterback there. You know, they're favored in eight games. I have it at eight and a half, Jason, out of my one book there. Um, so if you have a different number, please throw that out. 13 starters are coming back, seven on offense, six on defense. What do you think, Jason? Any chance for a repeat here at Wake? I don't. I think that uh, they'll be good, but they won't be as good. The defense is still leaky. <laughs> it's just they give up a ton of yards. I think they averaged 413 yards a game last year, and that was an improvement over prior seasons. Um, you know, th- there's one way that they know how to play, and they're going to outscore you. You know, they have the the long handoff RPO system they've been using for years there. I mean, it's it's like it's the best program in the conference right now besides maybe Clemson, and you can even argue that they're a little better than Clemson because I think they're a little sharper um, with their development. You know, if you read a Phil Still preview, you know the black ink means the kids that are in the like top 30 of their position when they're recruited. There's like three kids in this entire um, depth chart that have black ink. So these are all developmental kids and they play really well. You know, they know the system. They do well within the system. Like, you know, it's one of those teams you have to beat. They will not beat themselves. Hartman's a good quarterback. He's perfect for the system. They have a really good wide receiver as well. And Perry, I just, you know, I just think it averages out this year. They won so many close games with scoring ridiculous totals. I just think that it goes against them this year. There was a couple more than they did and kind of finished that second or third spot in this league. Yeah, I like the quarterback. You know, once in a while, he can he can have some issues. But he's a big-time player. I mean, he's setting some records, you know, in the ACC here. Running back seems like it's going to be a rotation kind of style, you know, system here this year. Like you said, main wide receiver from last year went pro. He's gone. A.T. Perry's a really good one. Got some other ones. Offensive line, four starters are going to be back. Jason hit on it though. You know, the problem with Wake Forest is, I mean, I think it was the army game last year was just really entertaining because nobody could stop anybody. Wake's going to score points. Can they stop people? That's, that's the big question mark there. You know, last year, I think it was about 31 points in conference play. They gave up. They just couldn't stop the run. I think they gave up about 195 yards. Now, if you look at their schedule here, just bring it up on another device here. VMI, Vandy, Liberty. Well, that's a, I like that three. That's a good three and O start there. <laughs> then you get Clemson at home. There you go. There's the big game. Now we're going to dive into Clemson here in a second. I think they have some issues more than some people think. Could you get that? Then you go to, you know, Florida state, then army comes in again. Hey, listen, I went to Michigan one year and watched army play. That's always a competitive game. Trust me. That's a tough game there, but I like this team eight and a half. I have them going nine and three. I can see nine and three, 10 and two. I might be a little higher on wake than some people. I'm going to lock in on nine and three. I think they go nine and three. You get the over with the eight and a half. That's my thought on. I like that they get Clemson early. Cause I think Clemson is going to, you know, with all the coordinator changes, couldn't maybe not be the same team they are at the end of the season, but they're still just overmatched in that game. Um, to go into Florida State after Clemson, that is an opportunity for Florida State to get a, a, a decent win, right? I mean, they're going to get them at home. 
they're still more talented in the wake. You know, they don't play as well, but, you know, they're still on a talent level. They're about a different level than they are. And, you know, and like I said, an Army after that game, that could be two physical games in a row, and then you get Army trying to defend. That's a spot where you have to look for that point spread. They're going to be home favorites. I would take Army with the points there. You know, we saw the crazy up and down last year. I would probably go the other way this year. I'll probably play really defensive because neither one wants to get embarrassed. But defensively last year, they gave up over 500 yards six times in their schedule. You just cannot live that way. <laughs> this isn't the whack from the 90s. You know, you got to score a lot of points if you're going to do that. And that, like I said, that, that will just catch up to you. And I think that's what happens this year. All right, let's go into the last two teams here in the Atlantic. I think these are just two fantastic teams. We're going to go number two right now. And a lot of the predictions here is the NC State. Dave Doran here. Great team here. Good team last year. I like this team, Jason. Um, you know, I'm diving into it. They got 17 starters back. I have seven on offense, 10 on defense. Right now, I'm looking at eight and a half wins. Great quarterback. What do you think of this team? So they need someone to step up at the skill positions because it looks like the, real, the quarterback O'Leary had a great year last year. There's no reason why he can't repeat that this year. The offensive line is still good, even though they lost a, a, a high draft pick as well. Um, the defense looks really, really solid. So it looks like they're going to win just by basically defense and not beating themselves and the offense scoring just enough points. I think that'll win most weeks in the ACC. When they match up with the big boys, we'll see if they have enough to score. So they really need someone to emerge from the running back and wide receiver positions to kind of be at least, you know, someone who can make uh, an all ACC team. Cause it doesn't look like they have much there at this point. Um, you know, the non-conference, you know, ECU looks a little tricky. I don't know if they're up to the task, but going there is always, you know, at least for the first half is going to be um, a little tough. Then I think they also have um, Texas tech on the non-conference, which again, it's another team is kind of finding their way with a brand new head coach. They get Florida State at home. They get Wake at home. You know, that's two games you definitely – Wake you definitely want to get at home. That's a rivalry game. And then they go to Clemson. They go to Louisville and to NC. The schedule should work out for them. So they definitely should be in the mix. That Clemson road game, I think, comes fairly late in the season. And that's really going to be their season. So, yeah, I think this is the team that probably – probably a little too public that everyone thinks is going to surprise and win the Atlantic. But we'll see what happens. Actually, they get Clemson early, so they can come back from that. Um, I just, like I said, I just, I, in college football, it almost seems like the offenses carry teams more than defenses do at this point. So that's what concerns me about these guys. I don't know how many points they can actually put up. Well, this is old man in the garage next door. This is team. He gets fired up every year. The thing <laughs> with NC state is this seems like they always get off to great starts and they kind of just fizzle out. Is this going to be another year? They're going to fizzle out. Well, we'll have to see. I, I kind of like the coach, but does he underachieve at times? Yeah, I, I, maybe a little bit here. You know, I like the starters coming back. I really like the quarterback. They do try to pound the ball a lot. You know, great, like Jason said, they had an offensive line guy went extremely high in the draft. They didn't run the ball fantastic though last year. No. And that's the thing. They're going to have to run the ball. Now, or do you just say, let's let this kid just, just be a gunslinger and let's, 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 let, you know, let it rip here a little bit here. That's going to, he, you know, listen to some other shows, listen to some, reading some information. They always try to run the ball here. Well, they got to be able to run the ball here. Houston's coming back. One of the running backs, 
you know, you do got two guys coming back from uh, Thomas and Carter at wide receiver position. Four starters back on the offensive line, you would think you're going to be good, but they didn't, again, with the top guy, they didn't pound the ball fantastic last year. Looking at the schedule, East Carolina, you know, they're favorites in that. But I think Phil Steele, I think in his magazine, if I heard it correctly, has East Carolina pulling the upset there. That's a big game. That's a big game there. Then you get Charleston Southern. You get Texas Tech at home. You get Connecticut at home. You know, that could be a 4-0 start. That's where you're going. Then you roll into Clemson October 1st there. That's the big game. Then, you know, the nice thing is you come back the following week, but you get a home game. After those tough games, sometimes you really don't want to go on a road again. They get a home game there and they get Florida State. I like this team. Their favorite from the VEASAN magazine, 11 games. Some are close, but their favorite in 11. I think they get off to a 4-0 start. Then you get Clemson. That could be one of the biggest games here. Eight and a half wins. I like this team to get at least nine wins. I'd go the over with NC State. Yeah, no, that's all right. The total's eight. Go ahead, Jason. No, no, I I didn't realize the total was eight and a half. I do like the eight and a half here. I think the schedule sets up nicely for that. But whether they actually can win the Atlantic and win the ACC, I'm on the fence about. But yeah, let's move on to the the dominant, the powerhouse of the uh, Atlantic for years until last year. Yeah, last year wasn't good here. You know, here we go. Clemson, a lot of, you know, this is one of these teams this year that a lot of people, they've already maybe penciled this team into the, the playoffs here. You got them coming in. I have them at 10 and a half, Jason, from a lot of the books here. They're favored in the in the magazine, the Visa magazine, 12 out of 12 games here. I don't know if you're going to like some of the Clemson people are going to like what I'm going to talk about here in a little bit here. But can Dabo get this team back in the playoffs? That's the big question. What do you think, Jason? I don't know. I didn't like the um, – so they lost their offensive coordinator. He became the head coach at Virginia, um, Tony Elliott. And they lost their defensive coordinator, Venables, who had been kind of Dabo's right-hand man for the whole time he's been here. He went to kind of head coach at Oklahoma. And, you know, they kind of hired from within to replace those positions. So it's basically the same kind of mindset, same schemes for probably most by and large. And if you watched them play last year, the pick game is the one that comes to my mind, um, as well as I think the Florida State game and other ones. You know, it did not look like they were taking advantage of the talent advantage they have nearly like every position. I mean, we talked about the black ink earlier. You know, you look at this team, and they've gotten top 10 Phil Still guys almost at every single position. They've got three number one quarterbacks on their roster right now, guys who at one point he had as the top quarterback coming out in the nation, uh, including the guy, who's DJ, who's going to actually be the quarterback this year. He looked terrible last year. He really did. And it's a really tough decision they're going to have to make at this point because they've got another number one recruited kid behind him in Cade Klubnick. You got to make the call because it's been a couple, it's been a ton of games now where uh, Ulongalale has not looked like the guy he looked like against Notre Dame. Like how how long is he going to live off of that game? You know, defense is a lot younger this year, but it should be a lot faster. They had guys who were like six and seven years deep into that system last year running around. I think that fresh approach on defense. I think they're going to be really good on defense. The offense is what I question because I don't like the schemes. I think they're kind of outdated. I don't think they take advantage of the advantages they have from recruiting. So they're going to be good enough to win the ACC because I don't really see any teams pushing him here except maybe NC State, maybe Wake and 
um, Pitt and Miami from the other side. So, but, you know, when it comes to the playoff time, they probably will get there because I think they're going to have a pretty good record. Um, there's no non-conference wins really here to speak of unless the Notre Dame game, but I think Notre Dame's will be a little tarnished by then. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting year to see. I don't know if we'll learn anything about Clemson this year because, like I said, I think the schedule's easy enough and they're talented enough to get through this league. Yeah, this is a team, like I said, they're favored in 12 out of 12 games from the VEASAN magazine. You know, the problem is last year was it was just the offense. And watching their games, they were boring. Like 5.2 yards per play, you know, 20-something points a game. I mean, that's that's crazy from a Clemson team that you've watched from years. DJ, I'm not going to try to even come close to pronouncing his last name here. Has to be better. Nine touchdowns, ten picks. Now there's a lot of, you know, got a little heavy. Hearing a lot of, like, weight loss. Seems good. I mean, this kid has all the talent. You saw it a couple years ago when he stepped in for Lawrence there in Notre Dame. Threw for, like, 400 and something yards and was just dynamic. Is that the guy you're going to get? Well, that's the question mark here. Like Jason said, you got, you know, Klubnik, the, the freshman. Is it a short leash? That's the question mark. Let's say they come out. Now, their schedule is very easy. I don't think he's going to struggle early. You look at it, Furman. I mean, again, you play Furman. Louisiana Tech. Oh, I missed one. Georgia Tech's the opener. I missed that. Georgia Tech, which is going to be really bad. There's three games there that I think you're going to be fine. But here's a here's the thing on the schedule. September 24th, you're at Wake. Then the following week, NC State comes in there. Is that that double? There's that double whammy back-to-back weeks that, oh, that's a little tricky there. You know, offensive line brings four guys back. You got a great running back. Will Shipley's a very good back. Ran better as the season went on. New coordinators, like Jason said, you know, you got a new offensive coordinator. Sounds like a little bit more up-tempo they're going to try to go this year. Defensive coordinator. uh, Defensive coordinator took the job of Oklahoma there. New guy there. I don't know. I, I think this team's really good. Can this team win this side? Absolutely. I'm not saying it. Ten and a half. I like the under. I think it's a ten and two team. I even maybe have them going nine and three. I'd probably go a little bit more of the ten and two. That's the good DJ. Nine and three is short leash, struggles in some games. They yank them, they put the freshman in. And then again, you got he might be talented, but it's a freshman. I think if that happens, nine and three. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go the under. Yeah, I think that stretch you're talking about from with Wake, NC State, then at Boston College, and then at Florida State, that coming so early in the season with new coordinators, that could they could get tripped up a couple times there. That Boston College game, forgot to mention it with BC. That's a red bandana game. I mean, Boston College made that their homecoming with Clemson coming to town. So they clearly are confident in their abilities. And they're also kind of looking at Clemson saying, not quite the same team you were a couple of years ago. So that's a rough patch for a team that's pretty young. And we haven't seen a consistent quarterback play going on the road a couple of times within a month, you know, early in the year. That's definitely where they can drop a couple of games. I like the under call as well. All right. There's the Atlantic. I think overall, if I had to pick a team, I'd still take Clemson. I think NC State's right there. Could Wake be a little bit of a surprise? You know, again, like we said, a little bit of step back, absolutely. But I think 
I think Jason would agree with me. I think we're both, we're looking at a Clemson or an NC State there. Uh, you know, again, if you want to be a little different, I'd take some money on NC State. I kind of like how it matches up there. So we're going to go in the Coastal. This is where our Pitt Panthers from last year, uh, myself my and Jason, I think, had the over in the win total. And that was a big ka-ching on that. So we're going to dive in, try to give you some winners here. So we're going to go to the bottom again, Jason. We're going to go with the Duke Blue Devils here. And I think, again, people down there are going to get ready for the basketball season. So Duke right now looking at, I think it's three wins. I have it at over minus 110 on one of the books, minus 120 on the under. You got 11 starters coming back, six on offense, five on defense. But here's the problem. They're not very good. So, Jason, real quick, we're not going to spend a lot of time on a couple of these teams. What's your overall thoughts on the Dukies? Three is probably too low to go under on a team, but this team is definitely in a position to go under on that three. Uh you know, Temple, NCA, and T are probably the only two games I can see them possibly winning. I think at Northwestern's a loss. I think at Kansas, who's kind of, you know, improving, though they're not good, is a loss. And you kind of look, like, can they get anybody at home between UVA, UNC, Virginia Tech, and Wake? And I don't think so. So wouldn't bet it because it's so low, but I definitely see this as an under team. And uh, good luck to them. Even uh, Basketball season is even a question. Coach K has moved on. So what do they have? Duke has nothing. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Except like the number one recruiting class and a ton of recruiting. Class. <laughs> I think they'll be all right in the basketball, which we'll cover that. Yeah, you know, I'm with you here. They brought in a new coach in. Cutliff got, you know, got kind of got rid of him. Just kind of this program was really good a couple years ago. Really brought it up and it just kind of has gone down every year here. You bring in um the Texas AM coordinator defensive coordinator mike elko comes in you know the offense was not good last year didn't average a lot of points in the acc play quarterbacks their quarterbacks gone they have two guys right now kind of competing you got more of a runner uh with more you got the leonard the kind of the pocket passer offensive line does bring some people back but again here's the problem they couldn't stop anybody last year a lot of points gave up about 40 something points in the acc play Jason said it. You look at their schedule. I'm not going to dive into it. They're favored in two games from the Beeson Magazine. It's the Temple and it's the North Carolina A&T game. Other than that, I'm sorry, even the Kansas game, you can't circle that anymore and go, that's an easy win or that's going to be, I think Kansas is getting a little better. I, I, I'm not going to do it, but I would take the under with the Dukies. Hate to say it, Dukie fans. Get ready for basketball season. All right, we're going to go to another team that we're not going to spend a lot of time on because I don't think they're going to be very good either. And it's a program that used to be really good and talented, and now they're just not here in the ACC. You got the Georgia Tech football team coming in here. Eight starters, five on offense, three on defense from the Visa Magazine. They're favored in two games, Jason. Doesn't seem too good here. What do you have on Georgia Tech? I have um, bye bye Jeff Collins. Um, this this, this is well. I, I would even put money that he might be. Sorry, the sorry, Jeff. I hope I hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. I you know, I think he knows it too. Um, yeah, I, I think he might be the first coach to go. Um, it's just not really working there. Their non conference is insane. They have to play Ole Miss and Georgia. 
out of league. And they, it just, there's just not a lot of hope. They, their best player gives got transferred to Alabama. Um, you just look up and down the roster. It's just not getting anywhere. I mean, you know, they hated the wishbone and practicing against the spread option with Paul Johnson, but boy, they would take him back in a second at this point because this program is kind of fumbling and stumbling, truly a rambling wreck. And that's all I have for that. I, what's their total three and a half. It's another one where it's probably too low, but I probably would lean under here as well. I would take under. And, you know, you said it with that former coach. At least he had that unique, that Navy, you know, the the option kind of in there. They were kind of tough to adjust to, and they were very competitive. Navy didn't have the players to compete, but they had the system and the style that did it. Yeah, they this team just doesn't have it here. So I'd go under. The biggest argument, I guess, was that they couldn't recruit any defensive players because no one wanted to play against the cup blocks in practice for a whole season and they wanted to see them play like the other teams do but it's like you know it's a hard transition from those option teams it's you know it'll keep you good but once you go away from it you got a lot of work to do all right we're going to dive into a, a school that's really close where i'm at right now is uva and i i'll tell you jason diving into this there's a there's two or three teams that really kind of got me like hmm not a big uva fan and I'm going to dive into some weaknesses here with this team. But this is a team looking at stuff that I'm intrigued with. Seven and I have, I think seven and a half. It is, it is. But it's my, man, my, man when you get into all these notes, Jason, sometimes, man, my, the writing kind of just kind of goes all together here. Seven and a half. I'm intrigued with this team. I mean, I want to hear what you have to say with this and I know, like, Q's father-in-law, I, when he listens to his show, I better be speak nice to this team because if I hang out with him and watch a game, he might throw a punch at me here with the UVA team here. But I kind of a little higher than I think some people on this team. What do you think of UVA? You're higher than me on them because I do not like them. I actually oh, – uh-oh. Seven and a half, but it's minus 160 to the under. So I've got, I've got a whole nation of betters on my side here agreeing that Looking at it on paper, it ain't too pretty. Now, wide receivers and quarterback, they are excellent. I love the quarterback in this program. Like, to me, if the Heisman was determined the way it used to be, like 30, 40 years ago, this guy would have been in New York City last year because there was nobody more valuable to his program than this guy. I mean, he kept him in games. He was gutsy. You know, it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but, man, he just completes passes and gets them uh, – he had them winning. Now, they run off Bronco Mendenhall at, like, the 11th hour. They bring in Tony Elliott from Clemson. You know, like we were just talking about, you know, when you watch Clemson play last year, it was a boring football team. They could not figure out a scheme to take advantage of all the talent. Well, this was the guy that was in charge of all that. Now he's going to a place where he's got a quarterback, he's got receivers, but his offensive line, five new starters. And his best offensive lineman is playing for your maize and blue up in Ann Arbor um, this year. So, so, I mean, you got to protect Armstrong. He took a beating last year with a good offensive line. This year, he's got five new starters. You know, they can't take advantage of his running ability because they got to keep him healthy because he's going to take hits. Um, you know, defensively, they're switching around a little bit. They're going away from a three-man front to a, like a more of a 4-2-5. They're bringing in a coordinator from the Air Force, which is good because they're a little undersized on defense. So it's probably going to be pretty multiple. But that's a pretty complex scheme. So I don't expect them to be very good on defense early. Um, they've got some talent over there, but not a whole lot. Um, you know, they're probably going to be in the bottom third of the ACC, if not, the, you know, bottom fifth like re- really far down so i'm not high on them at all like i, I just said the new oc doesn't really have much pedigree of calling plays 
The guy from Clemson, I really wasn't enthused with his work the last few seasons with a really talented football team. I like him under seven and a half easy too. I will not pay minus 160 for that total. But, you know, I look at the schedule. The non-conference is pretty easy. But after that, they get what Louisville, Miami, North Carolina, Pitt at home. They travel to Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Virginia Tech. And that's really where the seven and a half comes from. That road schedule is cake. So uh, I guess, you know, I think the game at Illinois could be an upset loss there um, just because the way Illinois plays, even though they won't be that, as good as they were last year. But, yeah, I'm not very high on this team. I think it's kind of going in the wrong direction. It'll be interesting when this whole, like, receiver core quarterback move on next year, what they do. See, this, this is one that, you know, everything you're hearing, and you said it, is the offensive line. Best players up at Michigan. Well, I'm glad he's at Michigan. That <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But here, love like you said, love the quarterback. Kid's tough. I mean, he's tough as nails. I really like the wide receivers. Like you said, Kemp, Wicks, Thompson, very good. They're going to try to establish the run. Everything you're hearing and you're reading on this team, they're going to try to change it up. I agree. I think you made a great point about the offense. You know, the new head coach was the offensive coordinator. Very kind of, eh, it, what's, what are they going to do? I mean, what, you know, UVA with this, you want to see them pass. Now, is he going to be able to stand upright and not get crushed every play? That's the problem there. Defense was a mess. They couldn't stop the run, gave up a lot of points everything like this but here's one thing if you're just crazy and you just want to let it loose sometimes with some bets jason said it listen to the schedule here really fast they get richmond at home should be a win i agree the illinois i'm i was high last week on the illinois team i like the coach i like their style but could they steal that one could they they could i don't know if they will they could two and oh Old Dominion at home? Well, they better beat Old Dominion. Then Sar up to Syracuse. Well, we you heard us talk about Syracuse. Then Duke at home. Man, you can get off to a good start here. That's looking good. That's a good sweat for the year, man, for the fall. Right there, I like it. Plus 130 on the over 7.5. I don't know. Might take a chance. Let's move on. I kind of like UVA. I think he's going to get hit a lot. I don't know. Might be something I'm going to dip into. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big UVA guy either. The backup Jim's mother-in-law is going to be impressed by me. I, I might be leaning towards UVA a little bit this year. I might be pulling for them. Backup was decent the one game he had to play because uh, Armstrong was injured. So with that schedule, he might be able to get them a couple wins too. That's really the seven and a half comes from. It's the schedules. It's so soft. I like that one plus 130 number. You gotta like one plus 130 for our future. I like that. I like that. All right, let's go. Another school by me here, Virginia Tech. Got Virginia Tech. I have it at six and a half wins plus 120 on the over, minus 150 on the under. 11 starters, four on offense, seven on defense. Man, Jason, I might just let Jason talk. Diving into this team, you got the, you know, you got a new head coach here, was the Penn State defense coordinator. Uh, offensive coordinator was another Penn State guy coming in. Oh, yeah. I Jason. mean, so I listened to the Bet the Board podcast with um, Payne Insider and Todd Berman, and they literally, apparently, during one of his press conferences, Brett Pry, who's the defense coordinator for Penn State for the last six years, is now the head coach here at Virginia Tech. Basically said, you want to see what my defense is going to look like? Just put on a Penn State game phone for the last six years. So, going to be some blitzes. 
it's going to be, you know, front four pressure. They're going to play a little mix of zone and man, mostly matchup zone in the back. Um, you know, they've got the ability to play that with this group right here. Now, they're not really talented, but the linebackers are pretty good. The secondary is not bad. It looks like they can get some pressure up front. Um, it looks like the linebackers are good blitzes because I think that's a, their leading sackers are both the linebackers. Um, so the defense, I think, is going to be okay. The offense, I think, is going to be putrid. Like, they, there's just a lack of talent. All and Most of it's transferred away in the last couple of years. I mean, Hendon Hooker is starting at Tennessee. Um, the kid they had last year, Burmeister, is starting at San Diego State. So they have, they've had some starting quarterbacks. Now, Wells isn't bad. He was decent at Marshall. A little bit different quarterback than they've had uh, usually, right, where this guy is more of a pocket passer st statue kind of type where they've like more athletic quarterbacks at Virginia Tech since Vic's been there. Um, and so it'll be interesting. If they can generate points, they can be feisty, I think. But I do think the defense will carry this team. I think the offense is going to be a problem. I think they're going to be in some close games looking at the schedule, but I think they're ultimately going to lose those games. They've got some tough road trips going to Pitt and NC State. They get Miami at home. You know, but BC, Georgia Tech, and Virginia at home, those, those games are winnable. I don't think West Virginia is going to be scary in a nice rivalry game. They also play Old Dominion, which is great because you got Ricky Ronnie, the old Penn State offensive coordinator, coaching one side, and you have Brett Pry, the defensive coordinator. Now, the most interesting thing with Pry, with his hires, is he got Joe Rudolph, the offensive line coach from Wisconsin, to come to Virginia Tech. So you know what he wants to do on offense. He's going to get away from being like soft and spread. They're going to try to make themselves maybe a little bit of Wisconsin East, kind of like Pitt was, where they kind of, you know, kind of gave people problems because you just don't see those big power formations all the time. So it's kind of interesting because if you think about Penn State the last few years, what their biggest problem has been has been offensive line. And they couldn't get Joe Rudolph to go to Penn State, with maybe a little more recruiting pedigree of their kids. But yet, probably able to get him away from Wisconsin to come to Virginia Tech, where you got a little more of a um, development issue, a little more, you got to get the recruiting back up. So kind of a little bit of an indictment on James Franklin there. So I think Virginia Tech's going to be feisty, but I don't think the record's going to be very good. I think the six and a half is right on where they're going to be. Yeah, I'm not going to add much. I think you said it pretty well there. I don't think I have to favor by eight games from what I saw tonight in the magazine. I six and a half. I don't know. I mean, I was shocked they were favored in eight games from the magazine tonight. Really, I think they'll be feisty. Great home environment. I mean, very tough to go in there and play. Could they steal some games there? Absolutely, they could. I don't know. Six and a half. I, could, I mean, it's a stay away for me. I, I added about six and six, seven and five. I mean, it's right there, I think. I, I just – if they I, it's nothing that I'm going to take. Okay, they'll get there. Yeah, I mean, I everything you said, I mean, I, I wrote down in the notebook, I mean, the transfer from Marshall, not a bad quarterback. You know, that's the thing. They've had a lot of different quarterbacks over the last couple of years yeah. there. There's no stability there. You know, new coaches coming in here. Is it going to be, you know, different? Seems like a different couple of different guys that could be running back. Wide receivers looked a little thin. Offensive line's a little concerning for me reading some things on it. Defense up front, I kind of have a question mark on. I agree with you. I think the secondary looks all right hearing that. I don't know. I, I'm shocked they're favoring eight games though. I, I just I think it's I think it's a six and six, six and six, seven and five. It's an interesting thing because this is a true break from Beamer Ball for the first time for them since like the eighties, where you know, even when Fuente was there, 
because he kept the defensive coordinator around, it, it just looked the same. It looked like it was still an extension of the Frank Beamer era. This is a brand new era. So he's going to have that pressure on him too, where, you know, they may give him this year to kind of get things in order, but there's going to be some pressure from that team to be good. So it'll be interesting how much they transition from that. Beamer was a pretty good coach for a long time. They had an identity with him and that's been lost probably like the last five or six years. All right, we're moving on. We're going to go to, um, you know, a team that was just kind of very disappointing last year was the North Carolina football team here. You know, they were six and seven last year. You have 13 starters coming back, Jason, five on offense, eight on defense. I have it at seven and a half. It's plus 115 on my book, minus 145 on the under on this. No Sam Howe. What do you think here? A team that was a head scratcher last year. What do you have? I, you know, I don't like this team. I just don't think they're very well coached. They recruit well, and it kind of ends there. Um, you know, you look at their offense last year. It really didn't fall off that much from the year before. Then you kind of go through the games and realize, well, they just beat the heck out of the bad teams with a ton of yardage advantages. And when they play good teams, they really struggle, except for maybe the pit game. Um, I mean, they're recruiting really well. You look – They've got a ton of like black ink next to their names on their 2D. So like they've got talented players. It's time to translate onto the field. Like I think that was the one comment from uh, Phil Stills magazine was that this looks like a really good defense, but they don't play like a very good defense. Like, so they've got the body types. They just, they're not playing at that level. That's always been kind of the rip on Mac Brown is that, you know, he's kind of, you know, roll the balls out there and let them play kind of guy. Um, And that's what it looks like right now. So if they can play up to their talent level, they can be really interesting in this side of the league. Um, there's no reason they can't be a dark horse, but I don't really see the quarterback being, you know, comparable to how, how, you know, the numbers fell off last year, but he still played actually pretty well. It just kind of fell apart around him. Um, I don't see them being better than Pitt. I don't see him being able to block Pitt. Um, and I think the, you know, Miami and North Carolina play always interesting games. It seems like, um, just call it Miami's had their number. So I, like I said, I think this is a team will be interesting. It could be Jekyll and Hyde, but I think they're going to underperform. I think, like I said, they're, they're talented, but they just don't play that well. They're kind of the opposite of Wake Forest. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, you know, Mac Brown, it's a he's a great coach. I mean, over the years, but I think it's time for him to go. That's my opinion on this team. The problem is the offensive line gave up a lot of sacks last year, 49 on my diving into this. That's that's a problem. I mean, that's a major problem. Now, could you blame that on Sam Howell? Some people said he held the ball a little bit too long in spots here. Quarterback issue here, it looks like it could be a two-headed monster here uh, with two guys here. Running backs, you got uh, Brooks coming back. You got others, you know, in the room there that's going to be down there. Josh Downs, very good wide receiver over hundred catches last year, you know, very good player. Everything that I've heard on other shows and reading, Jason said it, it's the defense. They weren't good. They should be good. A lot of good recruits that came in there. They're just not producing. Now what's Mac do? Bring in Gene Chizik, new defensive coordinator here. Is that going to change? Well, that's what needs to change. They're favored in seven games. I have it at seven and a half. I see seven and five. I could really see six and six. Now, the thing with the quarterbacks, you know, double double combo there. Okay. Can it get can it get good? What do you open up with? Florida AM. Okay, that should be easy. There you can get some. What do we got here? But here's the here's the tricky one. 
They go to Appy State. Well, have fun there. That's going to be, you know, Appy State's always a good football team. That place will be ready to go. They'll be in good party mood there. Then you go to Georgia State. Could you get the offense going slightly a little bit? Then you got it. Then Notre Dame comes there. And again, I don't know how great Notre Dame is going to be. I got to dive into Notre Dame. But I'm concerned about this team. I just don't think he's a great head coach. I don't like the offensive line. I, I, I don't know about the quarterbacks. Downs, very good wide receiver. Do they have enough? I don't know. Defense has been a major disappointment. I could see six and six. I'd go the under. All right, we're we're moving on. Here's the team that just made myself and Jason look like geniuses last year. And I like it. And I like being the smartest man in the room. We're going to go second team here on the Coastal. We're going to go the Pitt Panthers here. Champions, but here, here's the problem. You don't have your quarterback. You don't have your star wide receiver. You got the head coach that I do like this, and a lot of people don't, but I do. Man, he says a lot of stuff in the media, and he's getting stuff kind of stirred up a little bit, but he's making pit football interesting. That's okay. Offensive coordinator's gone. We talked about it last week. Went to Nebraska. Jason, can Pitt make us look like geniuses again? Are we on Pitt this year? You know, it's funny. I was coming in doing the homework for this show, and I was not on Pitt because of the losses that you said. And because I thought last year things kind of everything kind of clicked. In fact, you know, and I think, you know, Kenny Pickett gets a lot of credit for being a one year wonder, but he was actually a pretty good player for three years. That was actually a lot of our conversation last year about that team was that we thought he was better than people knew and that he had kind of been their glue. And, you know, I didn't expect him to take the step up like he did last year, but he totally did. Yeah, I came in thinking, oh, you know, eight and a half maybe under, you know, look at the schedule. And then that's what happened. I looked at the schedule. Now it starts off tough. Like their non-conference is actually pretty respectable. They got, they open with West Virginia, which won't be an easy game. Backyard brawl, rivalry, uh, game day is going to be there. I don't even know the last time game day was at Pitt. I believe it was against Cincinnati, the Marty Gilliard game. What was that 20 years ago? Um, and then the Tennessee at home. Tennessee, you know, kind of on the right track. Things are looking good. Much better Tennessee team at the end of last year than it was when they played Pitt earlier in the year. I think they changed quarterbacks. They went from Joe Milton to Hooker, and then things kind of clicked for them. Western Michigan, always feisty in the MAC. Uh, got them last year here in a spot that we called that you like to take credit for. We kind of got those two games. Oh, you really called, right. No, I'm not taking credit. You called that game. That's all you, buddy. That was not me. Unfortunately, in Pitt tradition, they, they fell to the Western Michigan team. And uh, this year they go to Kalamazoo, which is crazy. Like I said, you talk about North Carolina playing at Appy State and at Georgia State. You know, you got another Power 5 team going to a max school to play, which is always interesting. And then Rhodey, um, easy. But, yeah, you look at the league schedule. Uh, home, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke. That's at least three wins, probably four. And then you look at the road schedule, you know, Miami, Virginia, North Carolina, Louisville. Now you're higher on Virginia than I am. But those are all – they can at least get two of those, if not three. So you start adding up, that's like 10 wins. And it's not really an impressive 10 wins. Um, biggest question is a quarterback. So um, Slovis came in from USC. At times he looked really good for them. At times he did not look good for them. Played an air raid system, which is kind of ironic because he would have fit really well with Whipple, the guy who's moved on. <laughs> Instead, we're going with Signetti, more of a pro system. 
you know, they're going to ask a little more of the offensive line. That's the hardest part when you switch to pro systems is that you ask a lot of the offensive lines because you don't, you can't scheme protections and spread formations like you usually do. Um, the O-line hasn't been as good as it was under Chris in the beginning of the Narduzzi era. It's not as bad as it was there in the middle. Um, but, you know, they haven't really run the football great. They run it okay. They were ahead a couple times last year, so it's hard to tell with the running game. The games that they lost or didn't pull away were the games they couldn't run the football. They're going to need to at least until they figure out the quarterback position. Wide receivers, huge loss with Addison. You had him for three more years, and now he's playing on the West Coast in uh, Southern Cal, and you get to finish your game and then watch him tear it up with uh, <laughs> the, the whole Oklahoma West operation that's moved out there. Defense will be really good up front. Uh, that they have figured out defensive line. They just like kind of plug and play. They play a lot of guys. They kind of develop them as they go. So they never really get caught shorthanded with depth on the defensive line. They love to bring people too. So it makes it easier for those guys to rush the passer. Back seven is a little questionable. I don't think the secondary is too bad, but the linebackers, they need to find some pieces there. They got some guys coming in from the transfer portal. But yeah, I think it's a 10 win team just because the schedule is so easy. I mean, is that where you're at with them? Eight and a half seems like a really low bar unless the quarterback position is completely implodes. Yeah. They're favored in 11. Yeah. It's, I, I, you know, I agree with you, you know, running back, they got to run the ball better, but I'm going three deep there. Offensive line should be okay. You got all five starters coming back. Slovis, like you said, can have his moments. I, I think he could step in now. Could this be a team that kind of steps back? I mean, you lose your offensive coordinator, you, you know, you lose any team that you talk about, you're going to lose your starting quarterback. You're going to lose the best wide receiver maybe in the game. They could step back here. Defense was good. You know, seven starters are back. They held opponents very low last year. They caused turnovers. You know, is, is the steam getting a little bit on this program? Yeah, it is a little bit. And that's the thing with the head coach. A lot of, you know, here's the thing. The de- he's a defensive guy. Their defense wasn't great. They were good last year. You know, then he took some shots at the offensive coordinator, Whipple, that went to Nebraska. But he's putting Pitt in the news. It is, Pitt well, football has not been in the news. They're trying to get some steam here, people. I kind of like it. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, game days there. Week one, they're game days there. Like Jason said, when's the last time that's happened? I like his team again. I do. I'm probably going to take the over again on this team. I agree. Schedule's a little weak. I don't know how great West Virginia. I mean, I like that game. You're getting that week one. I think that place can be, I mean, that place can be rocking week one, man. Coming off what you did last year, game day there, that place. I mean, if you're, again, we said it. We've said it on the show last year. If you're not there having a good time at Pitt, you know, the stadium, whatever it's called now, I don't even know what it's called now. Who cares? If you're not there pumped up for that game as a college student, having a good time, man, I don't know what you're doing. Let's clarify. I will not rip on the Pitt student section because that is literally the one core fan base they have who shows up and really shows up for games. Everybody else I don't know about. Yeah, they are going to have great crowds for both the first two games of the year. They're going to be sellouts, but one of them is going to be wearing the wrong blue and gold, and the other one's going to be wearing hunting orange. So, like, it's going to be interesting because if things go wrong, it could look really bad because you're going to have West, West, West Virginia comes in and brings 40,000 fans and beat you on your field. And Tennessee comes in and brings 50,000 fans and beat you. Then people are going to question wondering if they've got anywhere. I mean, they couldn't take advantage of that great season last year. Still had the 57th best recruiting class 
even though I think at times it was ranked higher than that. So, you know, they're kind of still stuck in that section. They can't get out of that. But like you said, if they keep winning, he's building up a program. Like the talent base, they've done really well in the transfer portal. Um, you know, the quarterback hasn't really worked out with the portal, but all the other positions, they've reinforced linebacker. They've added some depth on defensive line and offensive line through the portal. They've done a really good job there. And, you know, Narduzzi's going to be Narduzzi. I mean, I, you know, he's never going to be a guy who's elite, but he's a pretty good coach. Like I said, he's taken a situation there and made them, they're always feisty and they're always tough. And, I, you know, I agree. I'm high. I like Tennessee this year. We'll dive into the SEC. And then, again, you get Western Michigan. You called it last year, Jason. They came in there and beat you. I, I haven't really dove on them yet, but that's going to be a tricky game, especially if you come off beating West Virginia, Tennessee. You're 2-0, and and you go out there, and you're like, oh, we're playing Western sure. Michigan. Uh, uh-oh. Here we go again. Could this happen again? We got Rhode Island the following week. Like, should be fine. Should be 4-0 and everything's uh, heads up. I mean, I'm high on Tennessee, though. I think Tennessee is going to have a good team. The game that could be like the Western Michigan game this year is the game at North Carolina. Second road week, road game in a row after playing at Louisville. North Carolina, as we talked about, talented, but doesn't play up to it. But you go down there. The weather difference is going to be pretty significant at that point. And you're going against a really talented team who – you know, could who actually gave you a pretty good game last year with a lesser team. So that's really the trip up spot. I probably like North Carolina in that spot there as a, taking the points, definitely. But that's where they could pit one up if they were going to. All right, let's get to the number one team here. And uh, one of our guys, Q, man, his dad, he loves this team. And I'll tell you what, he's talked about this head coach coming here for years. I had to listen to this for years. <laughs> Ariel Cristobal comes to Miami. Should have that. Ha ha ha. The savior has come. Is he going to save the program, Jason? I don't know. Did he save Borgen? I didn't. I didn't. I mean, they're okay. They're not great. It's not like he handed over the cupboard completely full in Eugene with all of uh, Uncle Phil's money. I mean, I mean, they, they Miami's pretty enthused with the hire. He's a Miami guy. Played right tackle for them, I think, on a national title team. So he's got the roots in South Florida. Um, you know, the, their hospital chain there is committing all kind of money to the NIL. So they're going to try to close off South Florida from all the other schools with recruiting, which is key for them. They've got a quarterback. They have a pretty good roster. I mean, I won't rip Manny Diaz too much because I think he did a nice job actually kind of solidifying the roster. They've talented everywhere. Uh, may, not be, may not be as talented as they've been in the past, but they're still pretty good, especially for the ACC. Um so, yeah, I mean, Cristobal just kind of needs to tighten it up. I mean, you look at them last year, they went 7-5. They could have easily went 10-2. and two. I mean, they were in a lot of games that they lost. I mean, they got bumped by Michigan State on the scoreboard, but didn't get thumped by them anywhere else. They had four turnovers that cost them that game. You know, they tried to play Derek King early when he was not ready. Probably should have went Van Dyke from the get-go. He fit the system better anyway. Um, but that's probably the biggest question for them is what kind of systems are they going to run? I really liked Rhett Lashley. I don't know where he ended up actually without having gotten through all the conferences yet, but you know, he kind of made that offense hum in Miami, something it hadn't done for a while. Now you're bringing in Josh Gaddis, who I'm not a fan of. He's an old Penn state guy. He's an old Michigan guy. Did not really get the Wolverines going like he was supposed to when he was there. However, kind of took the play sheet away from him a lot. And the stuff they were running last year was not the stuff Gaddis brought to that system. So are they going to run the Joe Moorhead offense that Penn State ran a couple of years ago, which is okay, but not great? Um, that, that's the biggest question, I think, for me. They're, they're talented enough to win this side of the league. They have the better quarterback between them and Pitt, which I think gives them the advantage. Plus, they play Pitt at home on Thanksgiving Friday, which will probably determine the side 
of the ACC. Um, I like him, but I don't love him. I, just like Cristobal, I think he's a good coach, but I don't know if he's that good. You're going to have a lot of people, Jason. See, I like, because some people have said I'm the opinionated one on the show. And man, you come out with stuff. Because Josh Gaddis was the top assistant coach. He won it last year. Now you're coming and bashing. But here's the thing. Listen to some and reading some things. He was not really the top choice here. No. He was not really the top choice. Came here. Now, I will say this, because I'm a Michigan fan. I was never that high also on Gaddis. I was happy with Gaddis last year. I thought Gaddis did okay at Michigan last year and called some pretty good plays. We'll see what happens here. Now, going back to the head coach here, Cristobal, I I, I kind of, I'm like Jason. I, I'm not, I mean, this is the guy. I'm friends with the guy that loves this program big time. This is who he's talked about. Well, I hope it works out, I guess. I mean, we'll see. I'm not that high. I mean, did he do great at Oregon? Clock management and game stuff, X's and O's. Not fantastic. He's all right. Not great. But I like the quarterback. You know, big numbers. We'll see what happens. They're going to try to run the ball a little bit. Offensive line should be okay. They they lost some people at wide receiver. They brought some people in. Defense, eh. Better, you know, diving in, looking at some, listening to people that are more, you know, maybe more knowledgeable than I am. Tackling was an issue. That was a big concern, listening to some people. Diving into some numbers. Yeah, I can see that. I think this team, though, if you look at it, eight and a half wins. Their favorite. I'm trying to look at my notes here. I have it all over the place. They're favored in a lot of games this year. A lot. I don't know. I had it. Now I lost it. I I like the over on this team. I think this is a team I might go all in. Why not? I like to go crazy on stuff. Why couldn't this team win this side of the conference and go in and beat Clemson and maybe get in the Final Four? I don't think it's crazy. Might be a little crazy, but why not? If you want to get a little crazy on the Heisman talk, why not go with the quarterback here? He throws some big numbers up. Why not? Be a little different than going with the Ohio State kid, Alabama kid. If you want to dive a little deep, go with this kid. Why not? They might win 10 games. They might win 11 games. They might win this. Could they get in the playoffs? I think they could. Look at the schedule really fast. I'm going to try to end because I know we're going long here on this. They Beth, uh, you know, Cookman, Southern Miss, Texas A&M. They're favored in 10 games. They're not favored in the Texas A&M game, and they're not favored. Uh, who am I missing here? Do they play Clemson? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yes, they play Clemson November 19th. They're not favored in that game. Well, why couldn't they go in there and maybe up, upset Clemson? They could. I like this team. I'm not high on the coach, everything like that. But in this conference, I think this team could really do some things. I think the quarterback could put up some big numbers. There you go. Jason. I like, I like what, no, I like the call of Van Dyke for as a dark horse Heisman guy because the schedule sets up really favorably for it because if they get to the point where they're playing Clemson on November 19th at Clemson, that's a national TV game. That's a, that's a primetime game. No doubt about it. Right. 
And then you have Pitt the next week, which will also probably be a primetime game on that Thanksgiving Friday to determine the Atlantic. So that basically clinches them. Then they'll come back with probably Clemson again in the ACC championship. So that's three primetime games. The whole nation gets to see him play. So that's why, you know, I'm not a big uh, fan of picking these Heisman guys long shots. It's, it all seems rigged to basically the three or four teams at this point. But this seems one that like, makes sense. If they can get, he gets them to the playoff and you see him play three good games in a row. You know, he's going to be able to sway some people playing the quarterback position, which is also a key 25 to one. That's not a, that's not a horrible pizza money play right there. That's actually pretty good. I like it. Uh, I think I'm going to put it in. Why not? Why not? Again, I like this team. I mean, diving into it. I dove into it last night, dove into a little bit more today. I really like this team. I think they're going to do some things here. Again, not head coach doesn't fly off the radar at me but again this is their guy let's see what happens i think they're going to be okay why not push i mean again I, I was not that high as some people are on clemson why not take a chance with miami here and why not take a chance on the heisman there with van dyke there they always get their guy though mark rick was their guy vanny diaz was like the son of the miami mayor he was their guy like they give them three years and they run them right out. I, I'm just trying to figure out who the next Miami guy they can throw in there is. But and you know, you know, a thing I dove into, I saw today, Jason, Charlie Strong there at, at defense, yes. one of the defensive coordinators, Kevin Steele, Charlie Strong there. So again, Charlie Strong, great defensive coordinator, head coach, yeah, eh, it's a good coordinator. Staff. I really like him. I think it's a good stat. I mean, overall, again, I don't think, listen, I'm going to say this, and I know we're going long here and we're done. I don't think Cristobal is one of the worst. No, I think he's a pretty good coach. I just don't know if he's what some people are thinking he is. I think he's, I think he's okay. I think he's okay. It's not a bad high. Gaddis is not a bad offense coordinator. Good place. Why did he leave Michigan? Because Michigan, you know, I'm high on Michigan again. I know it's my team. They were good last year. You know, better conditions, probably more money. Probably got a lot more money at Miami. I don't know what it is, but I don't think they were running his stuff. That's why I kind of ripped on him. That that was not the offense he brought to Michigan, and that's what they ran early. The offense they ran last year at Michigan was the Stanford offense Harbaugh brought with him, and it fit the talent perfectly. So I can't question it. So now if Gaddis brings that down and kind of a little bit of a mix of everything, it could work out. But like I said, he was not calling his plays last year. He was calling Harbaugh's plays, which it can work too. It, like you know, obviously you got to match it to what you're doing, but. Now, you know what? There is no head coach that can survive Miami's expectations. It's ridiculous. Like, this school hasn't been good in 20 years, and they still act like it was like, you know, um, like last year they won a national title. Like, this, it's a tough – it's a small private school in South Florida, you know, in a very competitive state. You've got all these programs down there now that are competing for his kids. You've got SEC programs that weren't great when Miami was good who are competing for their kids. It's just a tough environment. You just you can't expect to be as good as you once were because the environment has completely changed. And they're lucky. They're on the right side of the fence of the ACC. The big conferences won them, so they, they'll be okay. And they've got some money for NIL now. And they're in South Florida where you can convince a kid to go and live in 80-degree weather all year round. Can't beat that. But I'm saying that they just kind of – nobody can – even Saban would struggle with the expectations at Miami. Well said. Well, that's it. That's uh, this week's show. We dove into the ACC. Please check us out. If you like our thoughts, let us know. If you can't stand our thoughts, man, we'd love to hear that too. You know, we've done two conferences, Big Ten, check that out, ACC. Next week, we're going to dive into another conference, so we'll put out some things. We'd love to hear your feedback before the show. If you think you have a, 
a prediction or a win total or who's going to win it or a Heisman, throw it out, man. We'll mention it on the show. We love this. This is a great time of year. Until next week, bang your bookies. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.